0: I'm excited this morning to continue with you in the Gospel of Luke. As we do, I want to start out here. What is it that gives you the heebie-jeebies? What creeps you out? You know, I don't get creeped out by too much. I, I'm fairly solid with a lot of that, like blood and gore, I'm okay with that. Uh, even when my kids were born, both of them were delivered by C-section. Caleb was scheduled, Madison was emergency, so I didn't get to go in on Madison. But with Caleb's C-section, I worked with the doctor and said, Hey, can I, can I watch? Most husbands, I'll be good, trust me. And and so one in, and she allowed me to watch. And and so as as she was cutting, I was kind of watching over her shoulder and watching her take out my wife's organs. That's in the way. We'll put that over there. Like it was wild. And then pull my son out into it. Was so cool. Uh, and so I don't get. There is one thing, one thing that really creeps me out, and I will not tell you people. <laughs> No way, I know Redemption Chapel. I'm not going to arm a thousand people with that information. No way. My family knows they're sworn to secrecy. Leave them alone. They won't tell you, right? There is just one thing that creeps me out. What about you? What, what wigs you out? Is it blood for some of you? For some of you, it's snakes. I don't like snakes and all that. Now, I get they're good. I don't like them either. They're, they're, not, but I found they're good for the, the environment, right? They're good for the environment. But they did in New Orleans, they just found a snake with two heads. Get the shovel, (laughs) Get rid of that thing, man. Uh, But for a lot of you, I know a lot of you, it's spiders, right? Spiders. And and so you might be like this person who said, uh, I saw a spider in my bathtub, so I got a tissue and very, very carefully burned the house down. (laughs) I got rid of the spider, right? (laughs) Like, oh, they give you the heebie-jeebies, they creep you out, I get it. Look, here's the thing. My guess is, for most of you, you would totally be creeped out by leprosy. If you saw leprosy in full bloom today, it would totally disgust you, gross you out. You'd get the heebie-jeebies for sure. Uh, So leprosy is going to be in our passage today, so it's relevant. Let me explain to you what it is. Today we call it Hansen's disease. But 2,000 years ago, it, it was a broad category. It included what we call hands, but it was a broad category for any kind of contagious, infectious skin, fungal skin disease. Oftentimes, it would start out with red sores. It would be open sores. They wouldn't heal. They would seep and pus, and, they, and then it would spread over your body. Sometimes your skin would go ghostly white, sometimes both. Leprosy, it tends to attack the extremities, and so you would lose your hair. A very common thing is you'd lose your nose. Your nose would would rot off. Ears, fingers, toes. A lot of times, eyelids would fall away. Uh, A lot of lepers go blind. Uh, It's a terrible thing. It also destroys the nerve endings so you don't feel pain. So if your hand's in the fire, you don't feel it. So there's further damage, or your finger literally falls off, you don't feel it. It's just really gross. It's a very difficult disease. So it's like your flesh is rotting away while you are still alive. You're like the walking dead. And not only uh, do you look horrendous, you do. I mean, it's just the way it is. But you also smell horrendous because it really hurts to bathe. And so lepers, their skin is rotting. They wouldn't bathe. So you smell repulsive as well. Lepers, it is a terrible... Ter- are you getting the heebie-jeebies yet? Right? Like, I could show you a picture, but all the donuts would come back up. So we're not doing that, right? Like, but it would gross you out. It's, it, it's a really creepy thing. Oh, by the way, it's also incurable. So back 2,000 years ago, leprosy would not be handled by doctors but by priests. Call the clergy. You're on hospice out of the gates, right? So it's handled by It's incurable. So it's terrible. It's incurable. It's also very, very contagious, so what is a society to do? They did the only thing they could. They'd contain it. They'd quarantine. They'd shut you off from all contact. In fact, the Old Testament declared it that, that, uh, as a rule. So once the priest uh, identified you as a leper, you would have to leave even your family. You'd leave your family and you would go live out in the wilderness. Hopefully you find like a cave to live in, maybe another leper. So there might be a small leper colony, usually not. You would be very, very alone. If you uh, venture out to forage for food, maybe you'd come across a clean person. Now, you couldn't go into cities, of course, not allowed. But maybe out and about you encounter somebody who's clean. There were rules about how that had to go down. First of all, the leper had to be obviously unclean. So you, if you had hair left, you had to keep it disheveled. You had to wear rags for clothes. You must cover your mouth when you speak. And as you walk about, if anyone's nearby, you have to shout out, unclean, unclean. Uh, could you imagine going through life? Anytime somebody comes around, you have to identify, disgusting, gross, horrible, repulsive, unclean. That's your life. Ugh, it's terrible. It's terrible. You have to keep a minimum six feet of distance between you and any other person. Usually you wouldn't get that close because if a leper came near, people would pick up rocks and throw it, to chase it away like a, like a stray dog. That's how they treated lepers. So there's no touching. There's no human contact, right? Oh, by, by the way, when my son was younger, he could not distinguish between the words leper and leopard. Same rule, no touching. <laughs> like You're still not supposed to touch, right? But that's it. So there's no social contact. They live as outcasts. You're afraid to touch them because you could get the disease. So the way it would work with your family is they would have a pre-arranged place. Your family would go leave food and retreat. You would then come and get the food and retreat, and you might get to see your, a glimpse of your family in the distance. No social contact, no touching. Do you sense the ostracism, the loneliness as you wait and watch as your flesh slowly rots off your bones? It's a terrible thing. You get the fact then that it was not just physical, but it was also social leprosy. Got you in the social area, as well as the spiritual area. So uh, sometimes uh, infirmities are the cause of sin, and that happened once in the Bible. But not always. Uh, Sometimes it's just disease. But people would assume it was the result of sin. And by the scriptural command, as soon as you have leprosy, you are ceremonially unclean, which means you are unfit to come before God in worship. So there's physical, social, and spiritual ramifications here. These are broken people. They are unclean. So your body rejects you. Your community rejects you. It seems like even your God has rejected you. There is no hope unless you find Christ. And that's what we're going to see in our passage today. Let's look at Luke chapter 5, verse 12. I'll tell you, this is one of my favorite snapshots into Jesus himself. It says, while Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. First, I want to look at the story of this leper. And the first thing we notice is that he is unclean says not that he has leprosy. It says he is full of leprosy. So not just a few red spots here and there. This guy is a leper in full bloom. So by law, he has to shout out unclean, but it's really unnecessary. You can just tell from a sight at a distance. In fact, you can smell him at a distance. This guy is unclean. And if he comes near me, I might catch it, right? And so there's all that brokenness, the physical brokenness, the the social brokenness and the ostracism, the loneliness and the spiritual brokenness of being unclean. So this guy cannot enter cities. He can't go near people. And yet that's not how the story played out, right? Why? Because this guy is desperate. He's desperate. So he's supposed to stay far away from people, but he's heard about this Jesus and they say he's the Messiah. And in the Old Testament, it prophesies that the Messiah would be able to cure leprosy. Oh my goodness. So, so maybe he can heal me. Because here's the thing. If, if the leper, he's unclean, right? You get that. And, it, and that means he can't scrub it out. I mean, there's no, no washing, no religion, no rules, no ritual, no law. Nothing's going to help him. He is incurably unclean. See, lepers are either in desperation or denial. Those are your, if you're a leper, you are either desperate or you're wildly in denial. So this guy is desperate. He makes a bold move of faith and he runs to Jesus, falls at his feet. He doesn't stay far away. He doesn't maintain the six-foot separation. He runs to Jesus, falls at his feet. He is so close to Jesus that Jesus can reach out and touch him. And what he does in that moment is he expresses... Faith. Faith on a couple fronts. Number one, he's acknowledging that Jesus is the Messiah. Remember, Old Testament prophecies, they're, they're in gear there. Now, rabbis had a saying that it is as difficult to cure a leper as it is to raise the dead. Th- this would be him seeking a miracle, but this ain't a small miracle. This is a biggie right? In fact, when John the Baptist later gets some doubts and says, wait, is Jesus really the one he sends his disciples to ask Jesus? Jesus sends back word, and one of the proofs that Jesus offers is that he has cured a leper. This is a big one. So the leper is running to Jesus, thereby acknowledging that Christ is the Messiah. He falls at his feet. That is a position of worship. He calls him Lord. Lord. And then, did you notice? He didn't ask to be healed. He's, he asked to be made clean. This is a guy that is acknowledging the totality of his depravity, that is not just physical, it's not just social, it's also spiritual. He knows that he is unclean before God himself. Would you make me clean? Jesus, you can do that. Would you? And th- in fact, that's his request. He says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Not, hey, if you're able, will you? No, I know you're able, will you? That's a great model for prayer. Faith that Jesus is absolutely able, but submission to the will of Christ. That's faith. And What does Jesus do in response? He reaches out his hand and he touches him. This is a wild thing. Some of you want to pause and just think, what would it be like to be Jesus and to encounter a leper? I mean, keep in mind, Jesus is the creator. He's the one that put all the perfect art into existence and then sin came in and destroyed it and wrecked it and tore it down. I thought about like, what would it be like to be a very talented artist and to have a room full, a gallery full of uh, the most precious like an artist's life work, all her masterpieces fill that room. She goes home for the night and overnight somebody breaks in and vandalizes and just wrecks the place. She comes in the morning and she looks on all her art that she's made, just ruined and destroyed. Could you imagine her heart breaking? Weeping in that? Imagine that's what Jesus felt like when he looked at the leper. This is his, one of his, ma- oh, man, look at it. It's just so destroyed and disfigured by sin and his heart is just breaking in that moment. And so what Jesus, he doesn't throw rocks. He reaches out his hand and he touches the leper. Don't don't take that for granted. You know, there are several times when Jesus healed with a word at a distance. If I'm one of Christ's disciples, I'm like, Jesus, this is one of those times. This isn't a touch time, buddy. This is a word from a distance. It's a leper, right? Right? He reaches out unnecessarily and touches the leper. And I think if you listen closely to the the passage in that moment, you can hear the crowd gasp. It's amazing. By touching the leper, Jesus could have contracted leprosy. He's putting himself physically at risk. Now, by Old Testament law, by touching the leper, even if Jesus doesn't get the physical disease, he is now himself ceremonially unclean. He is putting himself spiritually at risk. And by touching a leper, everybody would now be afraid of Jesus. The crowds would pull back from Jesus. He's putting himself socially at risk. But Jesus is willing to risk it. And the reason why is this he cares more about love than religion. He cares more about love than religion. So what Jesus will do, Jesus will willingly become unclean so that this leper can become clean. I hope in that snapshot you see the heart of your Lord. That is a great peek into the personality, into the character of Jesus to reach out and touch this man in that moment. I love my Lord Jesus Christ. Think of the impact. Can you imagine that leper laying there waiting for the pelts of the rocks to start coming and then feeling the hand of the Messiah on his skin? It's the first time he's probably felt touch in in ages. How long it had been since he felt human touch. And then the other peak I get into the heart of Jesus here is that Jesus is completely willing to touch those that the world says are untouchable. He loves to touch them. He loves to turn them into disciples. And the reason why is because they make the best disciples. Those who have been forgiven much love much. Those are the ones who pop up and they are so ecstatic about the grace of God. They've seen the heart of Jesus. They've been transformed by his touch. It's beautiful. He touches this leper, and the result is the leper is clean. Clean. So Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. Why? That's kind of, that was kind of weird that that was slipped in there. As you what's going on there, remember that leprosy is viewed as incurable, so it was handled not by doctors but by priests. So if you go into your Old Testament, the third book in is called Leviticus. I know it's your favorite book. You all have it memorized. So... Just bear with me as I'm redundant for a sec. But, um, so the, in the 13th chapter of Leviticus, it tells priests how to handle it when somebody is found with leprosy, how to identify it, how to quarantine them, how to keep records about it. That's all chapter 13. Chapter 14 instructs them on what to do when a leper is healed. Uh, like things like how to wait for a time and to verify it, how to declare the person clean, what sacrifice or offering to do as a result. Now, the priests had done a lot of chapter 13. They'd never done chapter 14. They got looked that thing up. What do we do? I don't know. Nobody's done that before. They got to study up and figure it out, right? So, so Christ tells him to go... Tell it to the priest. Now, that's a little bit odd because it's in contrast. Just before that, he says, tell no one. Again, this is the messianic secret. Because of the nationalistic expectations of a military conquering Messiah who will kick Rome's butt, because of that wrong expectation, Jesus is trying to keep a lid on the messianic rumors about him. Not rumors are true, but it's going. So he's trying to contain it for a while. So he says, try to keep it quiet. Instead, he says, go tell it to a priest. Why? Here's why. Jesus doesn't want to just heal the guy. He wants the guy clean. He wants full restoration. He wants to restore him to his community, to his family. He wants to restore him in worship. He doesn't just want him healed. He wants him clean, whole, restored. Can you imagine I mean, imagine this guy not, just, not only just feeling the hand of Christ on him, but then going to the priest, being declared clean, he gets to go home. Can you just picture him hugging his wife again for the first time in a decade? Holding his kids? Can you imagine the next Saturday? We, we worship on Sunday. Jews were on Saturday. That was their Sabbath. So they would have synagogue on Saturday. Can you imagine the next Saturday in the synagogue who sang the loudest? It's that guy. Jesus doesn't want him just cured, healed. He wants him clean, restored. It is beautiful what happens in this man's life. But that's that man. Now the question is, what about you? Did you know that you are unclean? You're unclean. You are full of leprosy. Your sin is vile. It's ugly. It's gross. It stinks. It smells It gives the heebie-jeebies. It creeps, it's bad, right? It's like leprosy in your life in the sense that it tends to spread, if not kept in check. It spreads and it isolates you and it destroys. It is rotting your life right now. Now, as you hear me call you unclean, some of you go, I know. Some of you have a deep sense of shame in your life. You know that you are unclean. You cannot believe that God would want somebody like you. And you're seriously hoping right now that the people around you don't know how deep the darkness and uncleanness and shame goes in your life. You know you're unclean. But then there's others of you here that are in denial. Some of you don't know it. Some of you think that other people's sin is gross, but your your sin is respectable acceptable, polite. You're, you're a leper in full bloom pointing at another leper like that person's gross. And you just need a mirror, right? You're in denial. You are a leper. The only question is, are you desperate or are you in denial? Which are you? I hope you are desperate. Desperation says, I I can't clean myself. How how are my efforts going to clean me of leprosy? Like, how's that work? Do I scrub enough? No, it doesn't work. just doesn't work. What religion is going to fix this? What rules? What rituals? Like, nothing. Nothing fixes this. I can't clean myself. It's incurable. I have no hope unless, unless there's a miracle from God, unless Jesus moves. My only hope is Jesus And and so what I need to do is I need to quit caring about the crowds and what the crowds are going to say and what the crowds say. And I need to recklessly run to Jesus and fall at his feet. But please note the order. This is really important. It doesn't say that the leper got clean and then ran to Jesus. The leper was gross and defiled and disgusting and unclean ran to Jesus, fell at his feet. Jesus received him and touched him, and then he became clean. That's the order. And in that moment, when the leper fell at Christ's feet, I imagine the leper thought, I probably don't belong here. And I bet you the crowds agreed, you don't belong here. Jesus disagreed. You belong here. And he reached out and he touched him. That leper was desperate. My question is, are you? Are you? You are a leper. You are either in desperation or in denial. I hope you're desperate enough to run to Christ and to express your faith. To places with the crowd. I don't care what they say. The people around me, I don't care. I need to be clean. I can't clean myself. Only Jesus can clean me. I need Jesus. And if you are unclean, I I want you, don't run from Jesus what we do, right? I'm unclean. I run for, no, run to Jesus. And you fall at his feet and you say, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He is Lord, I am not. He is clean, I am not. He can cleanse me, I cannot. My only hope is Christ. Lord, Lord, would you you really take someone like me to be one of your own? Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Express your faith to him. And you know what he'll do? He'll touch you. He would actually reach out and touch you. Now, some of you are are dabbling in religion. And what that means is you are pretending like you're not that gross, or maybe God doesn't know it or can't see your grossness. Maybe I can hide it from him. You are his art, and you have been greatly disfigured by sin, and it breaks his heart, and he wants to heal you. He loves you. He can heal you, but he must touch you. What would it be like to let the Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus himself, to actually touch you, to touch your life in the area of your deepest, darkest shame, where you know you're unclean? What if you allowed the Lord to touch you right there? If he does that, you will be clean. Remember, Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing. Okay, So there was a prescribed sacrifice for a cleansed leper. It's written down in Leviticus 14. And again, the priest had to look it up. They couldn't remember, I'm sure. And what it was is this. Here's how it went. You take two birds. The first bird you take a scarlet cord and you tie it to a piece of wood and you kill it. And then you let the blood run down the wood onto the other living bird and you set that bird free. They then take the blood and sprinkle it on the leper and he would be set free. Wait a minute. A sacrifice, a living sacrifice is bound to a piece of wood and bleeds so that the blood covers another that then gets to. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> this sounds strangely familiar to me. It's the great exchange. The point is that Jesus became unclean so that you could become clean. He took your uncleanness upon himself. How would you like to today stand before God, the one true God, the holy God of the universe, no sin, disgusted by sin, wrath, All you get to stand before that God? Clean. No spot, no wrinkle, no blemish, no sin. You are clean in his eyes. And like that leper, Jesus doesn't just want you healed, he wants you clean. He wants you whole. He wants you restored. Listen to it this way. Jesus is not grossed out by your grossness, but he wants your grossness gone. Okay, like he, he doesn't get the heebie-jeebies like, yeah, yeah, no, he touches you. He's not grossed out by your grossness, but he does want the grossness out of your life. Okay, so Jesus isn't wigged out by lepers, right? But did Jesus just come to hang out with the lepers? Ah, what's up, guys? No. He came to make the lepers clean. He's not grossed out by your grossness, but he wants your grossness gone. The other way I've said it before is that Jesus has enough compassion to receive you just the way you are, but he also has enough compassion to not leave you like that. He wants your grossness gone. But religion will never do it. Religion is keeping a safe distance from Jesus. Like, I want to be kind of near Jesus, kind of in the crowd and around him somewhere, but but I'll keep at least six feet. I don't want him touching me. I don't want him messing with me too much. Keep a safe distance from Jesus. The problem is if you're at a safe distance, religious distance from Jesus, he can't touch you, and if he can't touch you, he can't transform you. In order to make you clean, in order to transform you, he must touch you in the deepest area of your shame. But if you let him, he will. He loves you. He will make you clean. So here's my question. First question. Will you let Jesus touch you? Not to be religiously kind of near him, but let him touch you in your uncleanness. And and therefore, he'll make you clean. And if that, then here's the second question. Will you go out into this world as the hands of Christ to go touch the untouchables? To love them, your fellow lepers, and to lead them to the feet of the Savior so that they too can experience the touch of Christ. By the way, the leper in Luke did that. So Christ says, tell no one. Totally blew it off. He went and blabbed it like crazy. Oh, absolutely. But see, that's what happens when you are touched and therefore transformed by Christ. You can't shut up. You sing like a bird. About You tell everyone. And then you come into worship in these times, and you're the loud guy. Because you're, you're so overwhelmed by the grace of Christ, by what he has done in your life. Gratitude and worship flows out of you. You want to tell everyone that will listen about Christ. If that's not you, it's possible that you have been dabbling in religion. That you have kept Christ at a safe distance. That you have not recklessly, desperately run to him, fallen at his feet, called out to him as your Lord, and then let him touch you in your area of shame and uncleanness. To let him restore you, make you clean, to transform you with his touch. Because when he does, you won't shut up. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Granted, if you do that, you will risk the rejection of the crowd. So when you go and you start touching the untouchables, uh, the crowds might reject you. Just like the crowds rejected Jesus. Because he, he took the risk to touch you when you were unclean. That's our Lord. I hope you got a little bit more of a peek into his heart today. In fact, bow your heads if you will. I want to walk you through this. I want to, I want to ask you do, you, do you get that you're unclean? Like, have you been in denial for some time and thinking that, like other people are gross, but somehow like your crap doesn't stink? Do you understand that you are unclean, that, that your sin is vile and gross and it is killing you physically, socially, spiritually? You are rotting as you walk through this life. And therefore, are you desperate? Not in denial, but desperate, realizing you can't fix it, you can't wash it, no religion, no ritual, nothing, you your only hope is the Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus himself. And therefore, in your desperation, will you run? Not run from Jesus, run to Jesus, who cares about the crowds, they don't give a rip about the crowds, run to Jesus, fall at his feet, and express your faith. Call him your Lord. Say, Lord, I, I won't dictate you, I know you're able, your will be done in my life, Whether you cure me or not, I'm yours. You're, You're my Lord. Express your faith to him. And if you do that, he will touch you. In fact, I want you to imagine that right now. I want you to imagine that you have run to Jesus. You have fallen at his feet. And you are waiting for the rocks to start pelting you. And right now you can feel his hand on your head as he reaches out and touches your life. He knows you're unclean. He doesn't care. He wants to take your uncleanness upon himself so he can make you clean. He is going to touch you. You're not going to run from God anymore. You're not going to hide from God. You're not going to pretend. You're going to call it like it is. You're unclean and you're going to feel him touch your life. And because he touches you, he transforms you. He will make you clean. He wants your grossness gone. He wants to change your life from the inside out. Would you become that person that is so transformed by Christ, you're so full of peace and love and joy, you just can't help but tell people about Jesus, what he did for you. And boy, when we worship, you're the loud person that we can't shut up. He's just full of what God has done in your life. Would you let him transform you? Father, that is what we want. (laughs) Lord, if I'm honest, I, I, uh, I can't believe you touched me. I get that I was unclean. I know my brothers and sisters here are unclean. I get it. I can't believe you would touch us. You were clean. You were unstained. Why would you do it? but we were desperate and your heart was moved and you've touched our lives and you've taken our uncleanness onto you and we say, thank you. We want you to transform our lives. Thank you for making us clean. Would you now lead us that we would just be your hands going out into this world to touch the untouchables, to lead them to the same savior. And then would you stir our hearts during moments like these where we get to sing out to you with hearts full of gratitude and we would pour it out. And worship to the one who touched us. Thank you, Lord. We worship in Christ's name. Amen.